1: And for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko.
0: Of course, this is Spooko. We are hanging out in the FBI studio in one long, scary night, trying to force Peach to face his fears and get over his fear of scary movies one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. Peach, what's going on?
1: It's going well. I think you'd agree. (laughs) (laughs) But I just had to step out for a moment Mm -hmm. in this long, long, scary night Mm -hmm. and, Shag, just forgive the triumphant tone in my voice... But while I was taking a tiny little break on this long, spooky night here at the FBI studios, your boy, that's a cool way of saying me, I'm a lawyer. Sorry, dudes.
0: (laughs) Um, Why do you say that?
1: I don't know. Just ingrained insecurity about it. But in any case, (laughs) um, went out and entered a debate, which is to say I was invited to join a debate and I said yes. Mm Mm-hmm. The debate was between one kind of lawyers called solicitors, yep, and one kind of lawyers called barristers.
0: If you are a lawyer or you know lawyers, mm. it's like ooh, it's super obvious. But ooh, ooh, ooh. I didn't, I, I didn't actually know this for a long time that mm. there was a difference between lawyers who don't speak in court and those who mm. do.
1: So barristers are the ones who wear wigs and speak in court. Broadly speaking, Peach, you might not know the answer to this. Why do they wear wigs? Classic. Queen Anne or Queen blah. someone was like, wear some fucking wigs. And they were like, yeah, man, I'm on it.
0: But the Queen's not even alive anymore. Fuck
1: barristers. <laughs> That's the point of my story, you idiots. <laughs> Stop wearing wigs. No, no, really, you guys are the best. It was great to debate you tonight. Um,
0: <laughs> anyway, keep going, keep going, keep going.
1: So... Would you imagine the sort of quiet, righty kind of lawyers, which is what I am, or the loud sort of court argumenty type lawyers would be more likely to win a debate?
0: Well, you would assume Mm. that debating is probably based on being in the courtroom in some way, Mm. right? You know, like Mm. part of that is it's probably based on the law. And you would think the ones whose job was day-to-day to to get up in front of a crowd, you could say in front of a judge or a jury or a adjudicator, which they kind of are, Mm. and argue a case Mm. would be the ones who would do well? So yeah, I interesting. Mean- interesting. So,
1: <laughs> if you were to say the dice were loaded against, if you were to say all all things made it an uphill battle and a huge difficult challenge for either the solicitors or the barristers, which which side would you say had the huge monstrous difficult insurmountable challenge? Peach, you're the 300 Spartans,
0: right? In this <laughs> in this situation,
1: <laughs> we won.
0: Now, can I ask? Can I ask? Okay. Um, was it an upset? What happened?
1: Uh, did the barristers just not... Honest, did they just not care? What The answer is that not as many barristers accepted the invitation to join the
0: debate <laughs> as solicitors did. That's the genuine answer.
1: <laughs> and it was put on by young lawyers and two of the solicitors were 37 and we don't play around or we've been doing it for a while. Okay. And the barristers were a little bit younger and uh, there weren't any senior barristers in there. And so... If we wanted to add any footnotes, which we don't, to the (laughs) stunning, unexpected, brilliant victory, it would be that if the dice weren't loaded against us, which they were, then they would have been loaded in favour of us. It's a good segue to the horror movie podcast. No, it is a good segue because
0: that's a good, uh, I guess... A metaphor and analogy for like a good horror movie because it's usually the protagonist, the protagonist, the protagonist. That's a good word, oh, but yes. protagonist. But the protagonist that actually is a good word. Protagonists.
1: I feel like what that. What would that mean? Protagonist. Like protagonist feels like an unsuccessful transformer that was released <laughs> in like 1989 <laughs> that had a similar speech He's pattern. in one episode. Yes, and protagonist find exactly somebody. speaks like a Mega Supreme. That's yeah. exactly what I had in my head. Protagonist. Protagonist. Make fire.
0: <laughs>
1: protagonist no like Decepticon.
0: I do like protagonist. It's a good metaphor for horror movies in which the protagonist, protagonist I can't stop <laughs> saying now <laughs> are up against what seems like insurmountable odds.
1: Yeah, well, like the solicitor Agamus are up against the the main old Barristers. And I think I made Go a home, jo- like
0: I made a joke or uh, you know I made a gag. Col- well, I, I, I made a goof Made a colossal generalisation about all films and all plays In the last podcast mm. And if I was going to be fair to horror movies as well They also all have the exact same plot Which is Protagonists yeah, really. are up mm. against some sort of insurmountable odds Yes, They almost seem to defeat them And yes. then they just don't It turns out they didn't or It turns out either they forgot something And that fucked everything up Or they just thought they had But they never did it in the first really place
1: That's really the thing that spooks me mm. out Right? If horror movies had happy endings, I think I'd be a lot more relaxed. But the fact that every horror movie is like, you thought you got away from the horror. Did you?
0: On the top of your head, think of any of all the million movies you've ever seen. Can you think of any of them?
1: Man, it's the omen that really spooked me out
0: Yeah, see, see that's the thing See, You could think of horror movies because they end badly You could not remember a single good movie you've seen Oscar winners, the movies you would maybe call your favourites If someone gave you a questionnaire and you tried to impress them I couldn't them. tell you how
1: The Sting ended No, exactly, really you always think about that it
0: because it's like, who cares? It ended yeah. happily, you move on with your life, it's like, whatever oh, a, movie ends un- a movie ends in an unsettling way You'll f- remember it forever because you didn't get closure Fucking Paymon! Exactly. I haven't even
1: seen the movie. Exactly. And Paymon lives long in my memory.
0: Exactly. The way Martyrs ends where it's like this girl has seen like the afterlife and she's made someone kill herself who says, keep doubting. It's like, I don't know what's going on. And now I'm going to think about it forever.
1: Oh, my god! But then
0: like Moana happens and everyone's happy at the end. It's like, who cares?
1: Oh, Relax about any shots, any (laughs) suggestion that Moana is not the best and most important movie of all time. (laughs) Because we can change topic on this podcast right now from horror movies to Moana Celebration.
0: Anyway, film I want to talk about today Mm -hmm. is uh, is quite a current film. Well, I mean, current for when we record this.
1: Yeah, um, same night for all of them. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I, so I have to say, you know, with every episode of this, mm. obviously massive spoilers, we're about to reveal the entire plot of this film. And it's based on something that I think is super scary and one of the most insurmountable odds, you know, I've ever thought of in a premise, which we'll explain a little bit later. It's a film by Jordan Peele called Us. Oh. I think you were lulled into a false sense of security by the last episode, which was a goofy, silly oh. 80s horror movie about an inventor who creates robots oh, and like,
1: I'm latex really... masks. This is a long night, Googsy.
0: We just watched the trailer for us oh, and, fuck. Peach, you look a little bit disturbed. I'm
1: upset. Like, man, that's one of the reasons I don't... like. That's one of my profound spooks is getting... Like replaced. I'm watching, Ooh. like you know, watching someone else be with your family. That's one of my deep, deep spooks. So getting killed or being in violence or pain, you're like, yeah, well, some people die with violence or pain, but the one of like now I'm looking after your family because <laughs> I'm spooking you out. I'm like, oh, nah.
0: And when I was saying before about insurmountable odds, I can't think of anything scary or hard to overcome than a version of me that's evil and only exists to terrorize me uh, so it's just going to follow me like i've got my own is? life to
1: lead i've got to do stuff this version an well, evil no, you knows exactly what you're thinking well no that's
0: like, what that's what the trailer leads you to believe yeah
1: so i'm i'm relaxed about learning but man that's upsetting
0: it's it's yeah it's tough
1: but let's but i talk- also have this weird bit of my personality back yeah what evil peach yeah what's up what's good let's do it
0: So let's talk about Us. As I said before, made by Jordan Peele, Uh. amazing director, the guy that did Get Up. Before that, was doing comedy with and Peele, which... I think it had its moments, but was always, like, a better show than a comedy. Like, for me, I'd laughed a lot less than I would have in other shows, but I enjoyed... You're
1: just like, hmm, this is cool. Yeah, I enjoyed the ideas and... And put five on it, like, though, I've got it in my head. I'm like, yeah, oof, big song.
0: Soundtrack in this film is awesome. Everything about it, it, like, he's just perfectly oof, suited to horror oof, movies. In
1: fact, oof, that's mm. a big song now that I... Mm. I put five. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> let's do it.
0: And also like a really good joke where, you know, you want to listen to hip hop with your kids, but when they actually wanna interrogate any of what any of the lyrics mean, you have to be like, this is all bad
1: Like all all my favorite rap songs we listen to as instrumentals in our house now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's so good it's the whatever the um what's the Snoop and the Dre one from 2001 the yada da 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 oh my gosh domp, dim, every,
0: every bam, line bam, bam, in that oh. yeah so like we <laughs> listen to
1: 2001 as instrumentals like dudes here it comes yadda da <Austin> <laughs> do you find yourself
0: when you're listening to the instrumentals with your kids you start singing the bits Uh, Or do you write new lyrics
1: for them? I'm a bit messed up in that um, I try to teach them to sort of do songs themselves... Ah. And there's just this two-bar couplet in our house that like, it was once upon a time in a swimming pool. There was a cool dad who was really cool. And so da, da,
0: da, da, da. the
1: joke is that I'm the like dumbest dad ever. And so like, every chance I get, I'll try to force that couplet in. They're like, no, stop saying that, dad. And I'm like, no, classic, you guys. Because <laughs> I'm a layman, like a barrister-o. Mm.
0: Okay, so this follows on from Get Out. Oh, which
1: now we're going back to Us.
0: I was going to talk, about, like, I was going to talk about it in this podcast, but there's a, there's so much more to Get Out than it just being a horror film. Whereas Us is us a bit is more. Us is a
1: spook out. Hey. Us is,
0: and I think Us is probably spookier than Get Out. Ugh. So that's why I wanted to talk about Us.
1: Like, I'm actually probably upset. Like, I'm mildly, genuinely, fluttery tummy upset.
0: That's exactly where I want you to be oh. as we enter this podcast. Okay, so. In nineteen eighty six, young Adelaide Thomas goes on vacation with her parents in Santa Cruz. At the beach. I can't even
1: hear the song I put five on it. Shag can you cut that in? We're (laughs) reviewing it. Hey, ten out of ten for that song. There we are. Copyright sorted out. Ten out of (laughs) ten. I put five on it. I like your voice pitch. It's your MF boy. Should oh. I keep singing that for the rest of the podcast?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just sing it when you are getting a bit too spooked to, you know, like yes, ward off the, good idea. Ward off the bad feelings. Anyway, so they're at like a bit of a, like a, you know, how in America, like I don't, I've never been to. One, I but say in California, New Jersey,
1: like I've never been there. That looked like what the New Jersey shore yeah. looks like. You know is how that how that they is?
0: they have those like sort of fun parky things that are all on piers that are all on right on the beach. It's just a thing that yep, seems to yep, exist. Yep, yep,
1: in in New Jersey. Yeah, right, well, right? no,
0: this is in Santa Cruz. Okay, this is in California. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, you said that. Sorry. But, okay, so they're, they're at one of those. Mm.
1: How many would you put on that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: so Adelaide's there with her parents. There's clearly some issues going on with her parents. So they're having a bit of a fight. So they're paying less attention to Adelaide than they probably could be. Adelaide manages to sneak off and enters uh, like a sort of a, almost like an abandoned funhouse on the beach. Where she enters a hall of mirrors. And in that hall of mirrors, she encounters her doppelganger. Adelaide looks absolutely horrified. We have like a shot of her face. And then the scene cuts to black.
1: Oh, and the I'm doppelganger really upset.
0: Looks exactly like her. And at first, because it's in a hall of mirrors, it's a bit obvious, but it's still pretty clever. In that, at first you're like, well, that's just another one of her reflections. But then
1: it's not because it moves independently oh of her. that would spook me it's... I am spooked
0: so Adelaide is later reunited with her parents although unable to speak her parents take her to see a therapist because of her presumed emotional trauma who instructs them to encourage Adelaide to draw, sing or dance to express her emotions
1: man I'm really spooked All right. like this might be the most I've been upset
0: so in the present day And now adult Ad- Adelaide Who's fine Who can speak She's cool Like she's obviously Gotten over the trauma That they set up At the start of the film Heads to her family's Beach house in Santa Cruz With her husband Gabe Wilson And their children Zora and Jason And that's in the car When they're listening I put to I
1: five on it
0: And then an awesome Janelle Monáe song Comes on as well It's awesome It's just like all throughout it's a great soundtrack Adelaide remembering the traumatic incidents from her youth because remember they are going to their beach house in Santa Cruz which is where this thing happened when she was young is apprehensive about the trip but Gabe who's kind of like He's that classic character. I'm Dad a bit Carricker. of an expert. Yeah. He's a bit of a doofus, yeah. but he's massive. Um,
1: that driveway scene in the trailer. I was like, yeah, that's your boy.
0: We're getting, we're getting, we're getting to that. That is. That's
1: yeah. exactly where I get killed. I'm my like, guys, don't stay inside. I'm gonna <laughs> say some intimidating things. <laughs> don't worry about it.
0: Adelaide is super apprehensive about the trip, but Gabe, who's eager to impress his rich friends, who's Tim Heidecker from Tim and Eric, great job number one. <laughs>
1: Um, sorry, his rich friends... Like, are they coming on the holiday?
0: No, no. So so this is something a bit different. Again, Wikipedia. Yeah, classic. So they've gone to their family's beach house. Their yep. rich friends are also there in Santa Cruz and yep. they're trying to impress them.
1: Uh, to be like, hey, we've got a beach house too. Yeah,
0: and just to be like, hey, let's chat about cool stuff and, you know, maybe... oh
1: i'm really upset let's actually move through this i'm i'm really starting to get upset yeah Yeah, anyway so
0: it's tim heidecker and elizabeth moss who is from obviously Mad Men and the handmaid's tale is the wife and she's amazing she she's they're a super unhappy couple and that's clear on the beach they've got these twin daughters who are total bitches and aren't nice to gabe and adelaide's kids who are also on the beach Anyway, at the beach, Jason, who is the young son, sees a man in a red jumpsuit standing alone with blood dripping from his hands, but he doesn't tell his family about the man. So at one point, Jason just runs off and like does whatever, kind of like his mum did all those oh, years ago. I'm
1: really spooked. And he like sees this I'm... man
0: in a red jumpsuit with his hands held out to either side and there's blood dripping from one of his hands.
1: So <sighs> like I'm actually probably spooked. We cut
0: to that night. They're all hanging around at home, and a strange family of four appears. Oh shit. And just stands at the top of the driveway.
1: We see this in the preview.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is this is where things get spooky. So Man. um out comes Gabe trying to like, you know, This is sp- what your boy Pedro would yeah. do, yeah. Anyway, they don't move. He's like, Well, I gotta like up the ante, goes back in, grabs a baseball bat, comes outside, and is like, hey, I told you before. Yeah, you want some of this? Yeah. Like, you well. want some of this? They just stand there motionless. And then he freaks out a bit. So, he's like, I'm going to go back inside. At that point, the two adults... So, two adults are standing in the middle. Two kids are standing on the side. Uh. Two adults start slowly walking towards the house. Uh. And the two kids duck down and scutter into the bushes on either side and just run.
1: Oh, No. Uh oh, now no. consider
0: this is like a pretty richo holiday house. So lots of gardens around them, lots of glass walls, no real walls, like everything's nothing's oh, really super safe. No. So anyway, the Wilsons try to like keep the themselves. Most together, I've
1: been on this podcast. Okay, yep, yep.
0: But they break into the home. The wilson's realize the four intruders are doppelgangers of themselves led by adelaide's double who's clearly the ringleader who's called red each of them are wearing the same jumpsuit as the man on the beach and jason's doppelganger pluto is wearing a white skin tight mask jason's the sun so the the version of the the version of jason is wearing this mask now red is the only doppelganger who speaks and she tells the Wilsons the story of a girl who lives a happy life while her shadow suffers the shadow is denied any love or companionship and is forced to eat a raw rabbit every time the girl eats the shadow ends up hating the girl and vows revenge uh, so, so meanwhile this family is sitting they're in the lounge room and they're just like all sitting opposite the the, uh,
1: the mm. relevant doppelganger oh my god Okay, yeah, we've got to eat a raw rabbit every time someone eats. Every every time yeah. your good old ganger eats,
0: and it's spooky as hell. So, oh shit, I'm Jason, deeply spooked. Jason's doppelganger is quite animalistic, wearing the skin tight mask, almost like some sort of a like you know like a rabbit dog or something. Zora, teenage girl's doppelganger, just seems like an evil sociopath who's smiling, and then Red is just like angry and scary and can speak as well but speaks uh, in a very a very sort of measured gasp is sort of like <gasps> finds it really hard to speak that's where we are right now how are you feeling
1: oh uh, I'm really upset I'm really deeply properly upset this is a real genuine spook act. man I wish we were talking about Freddy Krueger dream warriors I really do <laughs> So
0: the family is separated by their opposites. So Red makes Adelaide handcuff herself to a table. Zora is pursued by Umbre, who's her opposite. How did
1: you feel watching the movie at this stage? Were you upset?
0: I was pretty freaked out. And I'm usually fine with this, but I was also sitting next to someone who's not good with scary movies. And she was nervously laughing and screaming. And I've actually never experienced something like this. It was really interesting. It's like, it's probably how you would react in a film because... The tension is unbelievable and there's no escape it's relentless and if you can't deal with a horror movie I don't know what you do but it's at this stage this movie was fucked up. Okay, so so Zora is pursued by Umbre who is her doppelganger who is evil as fuck and clearly the most evil has this smile on her face and she's clearly going to like enjoy killing you terribly um gabe is dragged onto the boat by abraham and jason is sent to play with pluto in the closet if uh, you might have seen in the trailer that they carry scissors yes so all of them have a pair of scissors we have, yes. there's no real they're, not, they're just like by the way they've got scissors and Ugh. they will probably, i'm upset jack yeah anyway, like, Scissors is an awful
1: it, yeah man it's real and like, they're old-fashioned scissors yeah.
0: But it's that thing. It's that thing we were talking about all those episodes ago where like in any other context, scissors are fine. But you put them in a horror context and that's what horror does. Takes an ordinary thing, puts it in an upsetting context and it's ways... Don't you reckon scissors are way scarier than like a machete that would be way more
1: Yeah, like a gun with a million bullets Yeah, like a machine
0: gun would be a lot better weapon but it's nowhere near as scary than someone menacingly using a pair of scissors.
1: Man, I put five on it. Spookiest song I've ever heard.
0: While chasing Zora, Umbre is interrupted by an investigated neighbor. So there's, there's this really spooky scene where they're around a car. It's like, how do you get around the car? So mm. Zora's looking through the window of the car and then Umbre just drops. And Zora's like, "Um, where are you now? Anyway, gets to this point where a neighbor comes out and is like, hey, what are you doing? Umbre just jumps right off the car and just stabs this neighbor with the scissors. Ugh. And at this point, you're like, Oh, okay, so this isn't like, they're not trying to scare us. They are, they mean business and we are dead. This distraction allows Zora to escape. Gabe, meanwhile, is able to kill Abraham, who dragged him onto the boat. Gabe is able to distract Abraham while the boat's motor is malfunctioning. Plus, Jason discovers that Pluto mirrors his actions almost uh, exactly, so he's able to distract Pluto with a magic trick. Uh, You know, again, Wikipedia, but so the young kid's into magic, so he has his magic trick, and then Pluto does it, and he's able to trick him and lock him in the closet. Uh, Red is drawn to Pluto's cries, allowing Adelaide time to break free. The family regroups and escapes on Gabe's boat. So everyone sort of got away from their doppelganger,
1: right? Sort of got away is an upsetting phrase. So
0: meanwhile, let's cut to rich white couple who aren't having a great time. And aren't having a great time in their marriage. Tim Heidecker, Elizabeth Moss. A lot happens in this scene, but look, we've got to get through this podcast. They're murdered by their doubles.
1: Oh, their doubles? Yeah,
0: so their doubles show up as well. So they have doubles as well. Ditto their daughters are also murdered by the daughters' doubles. Oh, okay. It's on. It's it's, happening. It's pretty full on. And there's a particularly gruesome scene to the Beach Boys' good vibrations.
1: Okay, yeah. That's a juxtaposition you're talking about.
0: And there's a a long-running joke with their Alexa where one of them one of them's still alive and she's like they're playing good vibrations and she's like Alexa call the police and it's like okay playing fuck the police by NWA and then that starts playing really loudly while they're like bleeding to death from
1: scissor wounds.
0: so that's happened away from the Wilsons
1: so we've got white doppelgangers on the loose yep I'm on it
0: so the Wilsons arrive and realise the same thing that has happened to the Tylers. They kill the Tylers doubles and turn on whoa, the-
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. All, f- all four, they're like, yeah, we're ready. As, a, bang, as bang. a fam,
0: like, they do some cool stuff. Okay, sick. And it's worth seeing the movie for that because it's pretty kick-ass. Sick. So they kill the Tylers doubles and turn on the news to see that millions of doppelgangers- Oh, what? Who, who call themselves the Tethered have been murdering their original counterparts oh, nationwide. Fuck. The doppelgangers subsequently join hands together to form a massive human chain, which the newscasters speculate is a form of protest.
1: Okay. See,
0: oh. this is taking a turn for the weird. This, this is where yeah, things get a like, bit uh, like,
1: we're on Season of the Witch right here. This mm. is where the masks are. Where are I'm these microchips at? This
0: is what I'm saying. You don't know what's happening, you don't know what's coming, you can't predict it. You're not going to learn anything really about the human condition, but you're also going to create new pathways in your brain from seeing new narratives. To
1: get spooked the fuck up. It's
0: exciting. So the Wilson's drive away in the Tyler's car until they're attacked by Umbre, who is killed after being launched in a tree. So like she's like scary as hell. She jumps on the car, put the they put their feet on they the brakes. They put five on it. Yep, I got it. She gets shot right into a tree into the bushes yep. and is like impaled on a tree. As day breaks, the Wilsons arrive at the Santa Cruz Boardwalk, where they find their own abandoned wagon on fire. Pluto has set a trap to kill the Wilsons by lighting a gasoline trail to the Tyler's car. Jason, remembering that Pluto mirrors his every move, walks backward. Pluto follows, walking backwards into the flames and is killed. That's a- it makes sense when you watch the film. Yeah,
1: no, like yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with
0: you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, while the Wilsons are transfixed by Pluto's self-immolation, it is season of the witch. There's a lot of Fucking
1: self-immolation. <laughs>
0: At this point, Red appears and abducts Jason. Didn't we kill Red? Uh, Red escaped. Remember? Because they escaped in the boat, but then they went to the Tyler's house right, yep. and they killed the Tyler's That's tethered. right. So while Zora and Gabe recuperate in an abandoned ambulance, and while they're in the ambulance, they see this chain of tethered holding hands while Zora and Gabe recuperate in an abandoned ambulance Adelaide returns to the boardwalk funhouse and walks through a secret tunnel in the Hall of Mirrors this leads to an underground facility overrun by rabbits where Adelaide finds Red Red states that the Tethered were clones of the U.S. population created by the government in an attempt to control the public. But the experiment failed and the Tethered were abandoned underground for generations, trapped beneath the surface, doing nothing but forced to mimic the actions of their above-ground counterparts until Red organized them to escape as a form of
1: revenge. How do they know what their above-ground counterparts are doing?
0: I think that the idea is that they're linked somehow... Psychically, This is this is where the movies get a bit like, okay, well, maybe a bit yeah, more explanations. Cool, cool,
1: cool, cool. Yep, all right, I'm with you.
0: And the explanation's probably as much as Wikipedia. They're like, by the way, the US government did this and Classic. here we are. Yep. And it doesn't quite explain like why didn't they just come up and yeah. Why don't I kill them all? Mm. I don't know. But let's hang on, hang on, hang on. Yep, okay, cool. Because things will get explained. And actually, now that I'm reading it, I'm hmm. starting to realize it a bit. Anyway, so this is cool. This is cool. The two fights, so Red and Adelaide fight, Mm. and Adelaide manages to kill Red and rescue Jason. So they're cool. They made it out. When the family leaves town, Adelaide thinks back to the first night she met Red in the funhouse. It is revealed that Red actually strangled Adelaide and then dragged her into the facility, chaining the real Adelaide to a bed in the facility and went out to take her place in real life, meaning Red is the original Adelaide, and Adelaide is actually Red, which means cool. it kind of makes sense why Red was able to organize them because she was a real person and not a tethered yep. and why the tethered had to be, you know... Yep. Were, I'm
1: there, I'm there. Kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, so yeah. that all
0: makes sense. And that's She's what able happened. to talk. Yeah,
1: uh, uh, yeah and yeah.
0: that's why, because she used to talk, but then she hadn't talked while she was down, like, underground for so long. Sick. Makes total sense. Yep. At this point, Jason watches her apprehensively. We get an idea that, you know, maybe he knows what's going on before covering his face with his mask. As the family drives off, helicopters watch the tethered joining hands across the United States. Now, what this Wikipedia entry hasn't explained, one final thing, is that when the original Red, before she went underground, was watching on TV that 1984 thing of Hands Across America, yep. where they were going to like end poverty by everyone joining hands. Mm. And so she's that's the last thing she's seen. She's gone down and been like, that's the way we're going to let everybody know about the tethered we're going to go up we're going to kill our doppelgangers and then we're going to go hands across America so that explains that that's us what did you think about us? spooked but are you as spooked now that you know it has like a weird ending this, this, crazy is, this, is, this is Doctor
1: Who this is Doctor Who right? yeah Doctor Who that's a, that is great actually five that's great or six analogy. or seven or eight minutes in something happens where you're like this is really spooky mm. And there's some scary monster stalking you down the hall. And then it's like, bleep, bloop, I'm a up from Planet Splunge. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. I was spooked out in the first few minutes of the movie. And now you're being played by Ricky Gervais or whatever the joke is. Um, and it's like, my planet's run out of chocolate and I need to find more. You know, like, oh, classic. Yep, yeah, good, Doctor Who, that works. And there's an element of that with this, like with us, of being like, man, the middle of that movie is the most upset I've been on this podcast, which means most upset I've ever been, ever. Mm. And then towards the end of like, oh, okay, yeah, bit of clones, yeah, bit of uh, Hands Across America, yeah, I get it, I get it. I don't know why they knew where they were staying. The psychic links added an element of spook. But towards the end, you're like, yeah, okay, cool, I get it. I don't know. It just strikes me as a pretty good movie, frankly. It's
0: it is a really good movie. Although, again, with the plot, like you know, going back to season of the witch, mm. you'd think they'd go up and just do the hand. Like you'd either go up and kill your doppelganger mm. and take their place, or you'd go up and do hands across America.
1: Yep, Doing agreed.
0: Both doesn't make sense. Yeah, just
1: take their place and be like, don't worry, everything's normal, everything's fine. Don't worry yeah. about
0: it. Or go up and do hands across America and be like, by the way, we exist.
1: Yeah, we are going to burn this to the ground, my yeah. bro. Or yeah, shag. So when it comes to stars. How many would you put on it? <laughs> I put five on it. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Reshes, What's up?